Welcome, everyone. My next guest is Annie Robert. She is with me today to talk about her journey of sobriety. And this is a great conversation that we are going to have. It's so important. And for any of you who are experiencing a part of this journey or some or none or thinking about it, you know, this story has the power to give you hope help you move mountains in your own life and bring, um, I think, a little bit of faith into the story. So please welcome Annie Robert. Thank you so much, Annie, for showing up today. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for the nice intro. Uh, It's great. It's good to see you. Good to see you as well. Happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks. Well, I, um, I want everyone to know that I... I was on TikTok. <laughs> like we all are all the time. What are we not supposed to be? <laughs> That's right. Annie and I were just talking about the fact that, um, you know, you start scrolling through TikTok and it's hours goes by before you really wake up and go, wait a minute, Uh-oh. that was three hours? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I found you on TikTok and this is so interesting to me because you have like, millions of likes because of what you, who you are and where you go and, and the great way that you, you do things. And I was flipping through your, your profile and I came across you in your car talking about sobriety. And I looked at the likes and there was maybe 30,000 or t- like upper 20s, low 30,000s. And I thought, wait a minute. And I went back and I looked at the millions. And then I go back down and I'm thinking, you were so vulnerable. You were so honest. And, and yet there wasn't as many likes. And that to me is really profound. And I how did you feel about like what ha- what happened for you? Um, when I made that video, I wasn't sure I was going to make it, <laughs> but when I did, yeah, it was like because not everybody knew that I had relapsed, right? And I was going up on my year and a half. I, it was the day of that of uh, it would have been my eighteen months, and I'm in my car, and I'm like, everybody's sending me text messages. Oh, congrats! It's a year and a half, and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm a lot of things in life, but full of crap, I am not. So I just uh, went to the side of the road and put my uh, my phone up and I told the truth. And I'm like, you know what? Today would have been 18 months of sobriety for me. And um, like I said, I'm a lot of things, but not full of crap. So you know what? I had a relapse and this is what it is. And I'm going to grow from it. And I was experiencing so much shame in that day, like I said today, but you know what, I'm going to celebrate all the other days that I did stay sober, which were 520 some odd days. But in that time, I was just focusing on that day, on the 12 days that I did relapse during Christmas vacation. So I took it and spun it around and tapped myself on the back and said, you know what, you did 500 and I don't know how many days. And I was ready to put those days in the garbage because I was just focusing on the 12 days. And I just wanted everybody to know that if you do relapse, don't focus on your relapse. Focus on all the days that you stay strong and you were there and you showed up for yourself 
it is hard. Like if anybody's battling with sobriety, it's hard. Every day is a battle for me. So that's what my message was, you know, don't focus on the 12 days, focus on the 525. So bravo to me. So that was my message in that TikTok was, it was super vulnerable and very scary to share. And like you said, it didn't get as much attention or as any other video that I make. No. That, is, uh, that is a joke, but you know what? All the comebacks that I got from it were because a lot of people follow me from a long time and they're like, you're still, you know, you're still sober. And I remember posting, you know, my first month of sobriety, my second month. And now we're at a year and a half and they're like, you're still going strong. And you know what? And the, what came back was the accountability that I showed, you know, for what I did. And it touched a lot of people though. It wasn't my biggest video, but the no. message that I got were so you know, profound. And there were, there were really beautiful messages. So at the end of the day, even if it didn't get a million likes, the messages that came out and the encouragements that I got that I really needed at that time on that day, it was amazing. Interesting to me because, because, um, some of the things that you say there are, I mean, we have to unpack that. So why don't we try to, uh, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to unpack this because it's full of so many things. So, so then take me back to your, your journey. So 18 months ago, you reached a bottom. You said something's not right. What would make you go from, go and move into that space of saying, I, I got to curb, um, my, my, my drinking. Um, well, I stopped on the 16th of August, the day that my oldest daughter left for college. She was leaving for college. And I remember I cooked all day and I drank all day. And I was just so sad. And um, my oldest daughter is like a mom to my two mini ones. And I was like, she's moving away. And, you know, she was always there. She always, she always has my back, even today. Always. But she would always, you know, be there for the girls. But I'm like, now I'm going to be alone with my kids. Crazy. Yeah. Without this daughter there, you know, to if ever, you know, I'm having a party, like she's not going to put them to bed or anything. Like, no, I'm my own. Yeah. I'm on yeah. My own. But she's a support. She's a support network for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm like, I won't have that anymore. And there was a couple of incidents that summer that happened where when I got really, really drunk, where I became a beast. And uh, that was all to put together on that day. And I'm like, you know what? And I didn't tell nobody the next morning I woke up and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm like, Kiki left for college. I told my husband I'm not drinking again. And I remember we were at my sister's summer house. I packed everything up and I'm like, okay, kids, we're going home because I couldn't be at the, at the lake with everybody drinking and partying. I'm like, I can't do this. I need to go focus. So I packed everything up in like record time. Yeah. Everybody in the car. And I came home and I, I just stopped drinking and I stayed focused and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, like we all know, I work out a lot now. I just put my focus on something else and on my kids and on myself and try to be a better person for my kids. So yeah, that's pretty much what happened. The, 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 what, what made it, what made me do that was really my daughter leaving and something just went, you got to get your shit together. So 
So when you, when you say that, um, you know, you were, you, you had a couple incidents before that, where you were a beast or whatever, um, was, was that, did anybody confront you or was it just you going, Oh my God, this is not cool. Um, no, I got confronted by my husband for okay. sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I got confronted, but you know, yeah. when you get confronted and they're like, okay, I'm going to give you an ultimatum. Right. Either you quit drinking or we're done. So I would always be like, well, I'm not going to quit drinking. I'll quit drinking when I want to quit drinking. You know, nobody likes to be imposed something or. Right. I didn't like that. But anyway, so it happened a couple of times and, uh, you know. Where he laid the law down, like he said, you either pick us or, or alcohol. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much so. It was either you pick me or alcohol. It was never the, it was never the, you know, the family was like, for real, I can't deal with you when you're like this and you get Mm -hmm. out of hand. And he was a hundred percent right, but you don't want to hear that when you're in the wrong. So I, you know, we'd move past and a day would go by and everything would go back, but it would still stay on my mind. And I'd be ashamed because I'm a very proud person. (laughs) <laughs> so I'd be like, Oh my God, I did that. And I'd be so ashamed of my behavior because people would see me act out and I'd be like, oh, I wanted to die. So for sure, all the shame of what I would do when I would be drinking, right. not all the time, but on those, on those couple of incidents that would stay. And with my husband saying, you know, you really, you really have to slow down. Uh, so at one point I know I can't slow down when I drink, I drink, but it's either one or the other. Right. So this is really, this is really important where you've just led us into that place where it would be a private conversation of between you and your spouse or your significant other that says, no, this isn't okay. Like they're seeing something that your friends or the people that are around you maybe thought, oh, it's just, it's just Annie, you know, that happens sometimes, you know? Um, But then it, they don't see what's actually happening behind that where there's for him, there's all of his feelings and his emotions and the courage that it takes for him to say, no, no more. And for you to say the courage that it takes for you to say, yeah, but I'm so ashamed. And you didn't, weren't able to even say that at that point, it came out as defensiveness, right? Oh yeah. So how did you get to the place where you were able to hear your own embarrassment, your own fear, your own, you said I was proud, embarrassed, and ashamed. How did you get to hear that? And how did you interact with that on your own? I'm an overthinker. So each yeah. time I would do something horrible, I would replay it in my mind and I'd be like, oh my God, let's say I would see somebody else do that. What would I think? I'd be like, oh my God, that's so sh- I can't believe that person did that, but that was me doing those things. So I always put myself in the position of seeing somebody else do it. And what would I think of that? Person? Yeah. I'd be like, Oh yeah. Horrible. But I'm like, that was me. <laughs> so yeah, so I was very ashamed of my, my behavior and I was, uh, and it always comes down to what do I want to show my daughters? And that is always my number one priority. So yeah. I <laughs> Like my husband can be ashamed of me, but not my kids, you know? But if my kids, oh my God, I just want them to be proud of me and I never want to 
bring any shame upon any of them. So it was really the, the, the kick that I got was, you know what, you have to show your daughters, you know, a good example. And when you drink, you're not the best at, well, I would drink every day. So you're not, uh, I wouldn't get drunk every day, but you know, when you drink, everything can wait till tomorrow. This nothing's, and you know, not that nothing's yeah. important, you know, you're not as, you know, organized, structured. And I, I thought my kids deserve better, you know? When did you start? So if you were drinking every day, when yeah. did you start drinking? Well, it depends on which day and what happened on that day. <laughs> but, so would um, you drink out of reflex to um, something in your life? Absolutely. Let's okay. say I fight with my husband in the morning. Well, then I was going for lunch on my lunch hour. Um, we were having drinks. Then you get home, you start cooking, uh, you drink. Um, my husband could come home and let's say I had a bad day at work. Uh, I could have had a half a bottle of grap on. He's like, yeah, rough day. The thing also that killed me is I'm a very highly functional alcoholic. So that was the worst thing for me because I would never have hangovers. Right. I would, uh, I would function very highly. So that wasn't, that wasn't good, you know, cause you can do, you could, I could accomplish anything while drinking. So, <laughs> right. so right. That, that pretty much what didn't help my situation. Cause I was in my head, Hey, I'm doing pretty good. You know, everything's done, you know? Right. And, but you knew. I knew we all knew, but yeah. And most importantly, I did, you know? Wow. Thank you for sharing that piece. That's huge. That's huge. Like Annie, honestly, that is just so honest. Well, it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So then you went to bed and you woke up the next day and you were like, I'm not doing this. Okay. So, but then how did that go? Cause that's cold Turkey. It's cold Turkey. And, um, I'm very strong willed and like, I don't like a lot of people that have quit drinking have come up to me and they're like, I don't even know how you did it, how right. you did it without having any support or going to AA or, you know, but I think what really drives me, and this is the most honest answer okay. is that my husband said I couldn't do it. Don't, don't do that. So, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. That that drives me. Like you have no, like, yeah, you know, you're, you're going to start drinking again. And he would like, I'm like, yeah, you'll see buddy. You'll see. You'll see. I'm stronger than you think I am, but I love my husband. And he didn't do that. It's a good thing because that's what it's a well, good he's thing just, not he's thing, just but, preparing himself for loss of expectation really for, but, but he's, he's the, like right now, every day, honestly, and it's so sweet. He tells me how amazing I am and how proud of me he is. And yes, of like, course. How, like, he's, like the last year and a half, he's like, I can't even believe what you have accomplished. You know, it's amazing yeah. because him himself has tried to stop drinking and he's like, Oh man, it's hard. And you know, it's like, I, yeah. You do it. I'm like, yeah, it's not it. easy, you know? So, yeah. so that's what drove, what drove me yeah. to sober and like not giving up is just to show him that I can do it. You know? What, what kind of, how did the shame 
come to you? Like what, what did it feel? What was it like? You know, um, because shame is such a crazy feeling. Yeah. And what did that look like for you at the beginning stages when, before you made the choice to cold Turkey, you have somebody saying, giving you an ultimatum saying, we're not doing this. Uh, uh, you know, I love you, but this is not happening. And that must be just gut-wrenching. And then what did you do with that, that feeling? That feeling on that particular day, was like, my reaction was not good because like I said, nobody likes an ultimatum. And the only right. thing I wanted to do was crack open a bottle of champagne and my sister said, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Like, right. Nobody tells me what to do. So you get super defensive. Like nobody likes to be attacked or get their truth, you know, thrown in their face. So the shame was there, but I turned, you know, I don't know how I turned it. Well, I yes. Was, I was ashamed. I got defensive and as like that, that was in the morning when he gave me that ultimatum. And then as the day went on, you know, you chit chat and you're like, okay, I'll make an effort. I'll drink less. I'll, you know, you bargain. Yeah. So I bargained my way out of that one. And, um, so then after that, it, that was the last bad incident, but then I just gave it all up because it sunk in. I'm, I'm intelligent enough to know that I had a problem and I, I saw everything that I was doing. Like if I didn't drink one day, well, that rarely happened because I wanted to drink every day. So wanting to drink every day, like let's say I was coming home. I was like, okay, I'm going to cook dinner. Then I'm going to open a bottle of wine. So I was always thinking of when I, I was going to drink or, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to have a drink. It was always, everything turned around a drink. Right. Wow. So, yeah. So life was in that time for you about the, the was it the numbing? of something underneath, like knowing what you know now and what you feel now, well, what was the root? Like, why did you say things like, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have anybody tell me what to do. So did drinking give you a sense of control or, or no. So you were out of control, but yet you don't, want anybody telling you what to do, but alcohol was telling you what to do? Um, I don't know how I could put it. Let's say um, my mom. Okay. We'll go to this. When I was young, it's the same thing in my house. We always had a ton of people over and my mother would drink all the time. And it was always a very, uh, my mom was extremely sociable. Our house was always filled with people. So everybody always had a drink. And that was just the way I was raised. You know, you didn't have to drink on a Saturday. You could drink every day, you know? So it was like, she always, always had a drink. So that's the way I was brought up. I'm not saying it's her fault, but to me, that's normal. Somebody comes into my house, I'll offer them a drink. Do you want, what can I get you? A glass of wine. So, and like my mom, we're extremely sociable people. So we always have people coming over. So that's why it's, it's extremely hard in our situation to stay sober because we are always constantly around people and everybody normally right. drinks, right? 
So it wasn't a sense of control. It was maybe the way I was raised on how it was normal to socialize with the drink. And like we socialize every day, pretty much. So right. it's like, so it was just drinking like that. It wasn't, oh, I'm going to drink to have control. It was like, okay, I drink. And yeah, it makes you relaxed. It makes you more sociable. It makes you more this. So let's say I would have a, a tip with my husband. Well, crack open a bottle. You know, it relaxes you. It wasn't a sense of control. It was more like a, it was just know. a normalcy. Yeah. If, if you were raised that way, then that's just normal. It would be abnormal to not have a drink. Kind of. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah, and my sister, who is also over two years sober too, we're like, we talk about that, how to change the dynamics because that's the way we were raised, you know, because she has two daughters as well. So we're always like, we want to change the vision of what's normal for our kids. You know, we wow. don't to turn around, you know, like, oh, let's always have a drink and all. So was it about changing that dynamic for you? Did you know that? Were you in no. connection with, boy, that was a pattern in my, I grew up with it. It just was something that was done. Um, did you get that when you were making that cold turkey decision or was that later? No, it was later. It was later. Like the cold turkey thing was just like, it was enough. And I think more the time goes on, you have time to think about it, you know? And I thought about it in every which way, like, why would I drink? Why would I do this? Or why do I, why do I get violent when I drink? Or why do I do this? So with my sister, I would put every, and like, I, I think I put my puzzle pretty much all together by now, <laughs> but a big part of why we, we would drink like that. It was normal for us growing up. Yep. And, yep. and not to blame my mother or no. anything like that. It no. was just normal thing. And that's the yep. way we were, we were raised. So then um, when you quit cold Turkey, then you go through, when did it start? Was it hard the first day? Yeah. It's still hard today. Like it, to be honest, not every day is hard. That would be lying, but a lot of days, um, are hard. And I do tell my husband, I'm like, today I'm having a bad day. I would like, you know, if you, if you can't drink today, like to support me in this one. Wow. That would be really good, you know, and I'm a lot more verbal about it because everybody knows that I'm very strong will and it looks easy and you just don't drink anymore. And after I relapsed in January, I'm like, you know what? It's not easy. And I'm like, I would really like for you to be aware. I'm telling you I'm having a bad day. Like we're going out for dinner. If you want me to go with you, don't drink. Because I don't, I can't, I, I need that extra support. And if you can't do that for me, I'm going to stay home. And it's not a fighting thing. It's just like, don't put me in that situation where I'm going to be uncomfortable. And because sometimes you just need a, a little extra support. Anyways, yeah. I do. Yes. So we've come to that uh, maybe a month ago. Right. <laughs> to the conclusion, like if I'm telling you I'm having a bad day or something, can you just like, it's not that I don't want to be with you. It's because I can't, or I won't be of good company or it's just going to, wow. you know, not fun. Yeah. That's yeah. really important. And that actually, what has that done for you? It's set an expectation of what you need. It's you're saying what you need. You're saying the truth of your situation and you're asking for 
well, you're taking accountability for yourself. And then you're also asking your friend and your partner to support you in the accountability process. Yeah, exactly. What has that done for your social relationships? Oh my because, God. because people would love the drinking oh, yeah. Annie. Oh, everybody loves drinking Annie. <laughs> but um, in the social, I would say last summer, me and my husband were like, oh my God, nobody comes and visits us anymore. Like, <laughs> like they think we're boring. And I'm like, because we were like, the not the life of the party, but I'm like, pretty much, we were fun. Yeah. And when I won't drink, it's like, it puts a little bit of a damper, I guess, but I'm still... I'm still there, but it puts people uncomfortable that I don't drink. I think like nobody said it out loud, but I think it it, like, Oh, Annie doesn't drink or it's like, it's not as, it's not as much fun, I guess. So then have you lost friendships from that? Not my very close friendships. No, 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 no. But like, you know, like people that you would visit or, you know, just like, they, they'll come people that I would, we would party with come around a little less. Yeah. 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 Partying. Right. Yeah. But, um, to say that I've lost friendships over the, no, no. Okay. So take me now to you begin to make it through 18 months of not drinking. And every day you say is a hard day. Not every day. A lot of days are, a lot of days are still hard, but like, some days are not. Uh, I went through the first year, like it went really, really well because you know, you're primed to get to that one year mark. Right? So sure. The, sure. So you have all of your energy and you want to, you want to succeed into that. And then when I passed the one year, okay, we did a year. And then I, I don't know, around Christmas time, like people talk to you, do you think you could drink again? I'm like, I don't know, maybe I could, you know, since, you know, I quit for so long, maybe I'll drink intelligently now. And, you know, I won't be in the same mood or I don't know. So that plays in your head, you know, maybe I could do it again normally. And then we went on vacation and um, we're on the beach and we're having a drink with the kids and the, I order a daiquiri, which they're always virgin and it gets to me and I take a zip and it has alcohol. So I turn to my husband and I'm like, (gasps) Oh, He's like, you want to drink it. <laughs> and he's like, drink it. You know, what's, what's it going to do? You know, like, yeah, I'm going to drink it. So I drink it and then I drink another one and then I drink another one. And then I was with the kids and, and then I was like caught in, I didn't want the kids to know that I was drinking because they're so proud of me of not drinking. So I got caught up in that whole when my husband would give me a drink, he'd be like, here's your drink. Like there's alcohol in it, but like, we're not going to tell the kids. So I was like, so, uh, and then I felt like so bad to be in that dynamic. So anyways, the kids left before us, they came back because they had school and the rest of the time I stayed maybe a week more with my husband and, uh, we partied. And at one point I remember I just started crying. I'm like, okay, I'm done again. Just bring me home. I'm on the beach. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And he was super cute about it. He's like, okay, we're going to go. And then I'm like, for real, I can't drink anymore. And, uh, wow. 
That wasn't the last drink though. But then it, it came all together again because I didn't like the feeling. And then we came back, flew back to Montreal. Then we had another weekend in Toronto and I still wanted to drink again. So I'm like, you know what you're doing? And I always put it in a funny, fun way, right? And like, you're my drinking buddy. Let's have some wine. And then uh, that's when I figured out, I'm like, no, because that's all I wanted to do again. I'm like, right. you know what? So I'm like, I told him, that's all I feel like I want to do. I'm trying to find ways to have a drink. I'm like, and that's super unhealthy. And when you're there, you, you know that it's a problem. Like, wow. One plus one, me too. So my last drink was in Toronto in February. And yeah. And that is, um, I'm so grateful. Like, I'm proud of you. That's amazing for you to be able to speak honestly about it, number one. And number two, that you are, were able to, in the moment when you're on the beach and you're going, no, I, I can't, I don't even like how it feels. That was probably a really enlightening moment for you to be able to step into that feeling and say, it doesn't feel right to me. And then of course you say, you know, and then I had more, but it still didn't feel right. And that feeling helped you create a path that said, okay, now I, I really can't do this. There's no more guessing in your mind about whether you could or, or not. No, 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 I, I couldn't. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And do you feel, I, I've always, I'm always curious about the, this question for people. Um, when you say there's no question in your mind now, like how, what was the difference between, were you toying to just for lack of a better word, entertaining the idea that it might possibly not be as serious as you thought it was like, I wouldn't even, I don't know for real. I was just like, in the moment that I got the drink and I'm like, okay, because it was bugging me for a while because everybody wanted a drink, you know, when you go out to social events, they're like, just have a glass of wine. You can just have one. And I'm like, no, I just can't have one. And people are like, you'll see, you know, you stop for so long and they, and people like not, not being not nice about it or trying to convince me to go back that way, but it plays in your, it plays out in your mind after they go, you know, and they, they, they go and plant that in your brain. Like maybe you could, you know, I know people that stopped and then they went back and they were okay. And so then I'm an overthinker. So that plays and plays and plays. And what would you, but let's camp there for a second. Cause that's so interesting to me. So when someone says just have one, they don't say that anymore because they get really mad. No, of course. But, but back then, were they not understanding the seriousness of it? Or No. They, no, no. They, and, and I think till, even till today, like I really have really close friends that would probably, because if you've never experienced, you don't know what it is. So at one point, I'm a little bit like, you know, they don't get it. Right. And I don't want to fight with everybody because or else I'd be fighting constantly with everybody. Right. But um. I think they just don't get what there's the, the impact that it has on me of what they're saying. So, because even my husband, sometimes I'm like, I can't believe so-and-so said that. And he's like, yeah, but they don't know, you know, calm down. Cause I get like, 
Yes, of course. And, And I'm thinking about that too, because I'm getting mad. Like I, I kind of feel like that's a boundary that isn't anybody's responsibility. Like when you say you, I just, this is a really important moment. Don't you think Annie, for us to be able to talk to people and say, if you have a friend or you know someone or it's you, it's really important to, when someone says no, to not say, oh, come on, just one more. Or I know someone who, who is an intelligent drinker, meaning they can just, they have the regulation because at the root of that, that makes you feel self-doubt. It makes you feel even shame of, of, okay, but then what if I do it? Well, what if you can't come back from that, Annie? Oh, for sure. For sure. No, but I see if people don't get it and people, um, like my husband's always like, I always go back to my husband because he's always trying to stop drinking as well, but it's the social pressure that people put on everybody that they, they, they pretty give, they give up on me. Like they, they leave me alone now because they know, but on him, he's like, no, but you know, they're going to force me when I go there, I have to have a drink or else they get mad. I'm like, I say no, like, come on, man, just say no. But people continue and they're like, just wondering, come on, and I'm like, how are we going to teach our kids? And I always go back to this to say no to their friends. If us as grown adults cannot say no to our friends from social pressure when we're almost, when you're almost 50 years old. But the social pressure is real, Annie. That's (sighs) what's crazy is that we are our, our kids and teenagers who are listening to this think, oh, you know, when you're older, th- th- like it's not, no, no, no. It never goes away. It, it never doesn't goes away. go away. That and social pressure is real. And you would think that my husband, he's like pretty like, he, ca- he has the hardest time to say no. And he's like, ah, oh. and, and people like, you'll say no and they'll go and they'll put a glass in front of you. Just, it's there if you want it. Like, I get so bad. Okay, so so this is a this is a really important moment for us to gently remind people. If you gently. are that person, if you're that person, don't do that. Don't put a glass of anything, even a person's favorite drink, in front of them and say it's there if you want it. Because what does, so Annie, distill that down for me. What does that do to a person when someone says, but I, yes, I hear you that you are not drinking, but here, just in case, there you go. Is that not tempting? And And it's not nice. It's not nice. You know, it's like, it's horrible to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's really disrespectful. That is my word. I can't believe it's so disrespectful because it's like somebody is, it's hard enough to admit that you have an alcohol problem. It's not the coolest thing to share with people like, Hey, I'm an alcoholic. Um, no, I can't drink, but people tempting you. And when your partner tries to go in and support you tempting, you know, pretty much everybody knows the dynamic and it's, it sucks, you know? But isn't that interesting because people would be, I don't know your friend group or, but I know my friend group and I'd say I'm defined in my friend group by certain things. 
So then you would have been, or your husband profiled and just, and, and you are the fun people. So for, for you to pull the plug on that and you to say, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Well, now, now what? Exactly. Now they've lost their excuse to drink as well. Cause if, if they can party with you, maybe then it gives them the freedom to be doing what they're doing. For sure. For sure. Oh yeah. Hmm. So but then they're defined for sure, by yes. you. For sure. Would everybody's going to drink regardless of if we drink or not, but I'm just saying people just feel better when they have company or they feel supported totally. in their act or, you know, cause when, when you're not drinking and they're all drinking, they're like, you're not on the same playing field. So they don't feel like it's weird dynamic. I yeah. find it weird. I just, it reminds me why I don't drink when I see them drink. I'm like, that is why. Interesting. And so then what happens for you? So now that you've got this, you've got another perspective. Now you're a bird's eye view. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people might be saying, okay, I like, I don't want her to see the, the messy. I don't want her to see the ugly part. I don't know if people, honestly, I don't know if people think that way. I'm just saying the way I see it, it's just sometimes it's eat, like I go into something to a dinner or to a party and I'm not feeling that great about it because I'm not going to drink. But sometimes, a lot of the times I walk out and I'm like, I'm so happy I don't drink anymore. Like this was a, a shit show and good on me because I don't want, like you look at, and it's not, it's not that I go in there judging or else it, it's not that it's that you just see people and you're like, Oh, I was like that. Right. Oh gosh. Okay. No, we're good now. And that encourages me to stay sober. Yeah. Yeah. Fast forward me now. So you get to February and you have, you know, you have your, your relapse, you would call it a relapse. Yeah. Then did anybody know, or did you keep that private between you and your, your husband? No, only my husband and my oldest daughter, Kiki. She knew. And uh, no, nobody else. And I even told my sister, she found out on TikTok as well. And she's like, oh, TikTok, you did not tell me. I'm like, no, because like I was ashamed, right? And I didn't want to tell her, call her and have that conversation. So she found out same time as everybody else, because it's not, it's not fun. You know, Can you talk like, to me about the shame though of that, Annie, because, um, you know, that must've been really difficult for you because you were talk about your daughters, you talk about their opinion and they're so proud of you. And you felt the sting of that when, you know, when, when you were on the beach and you were, you were thinking, okay, this is okay. And you did want to keep it hidden though. Like, oh, yeah. like you were in this really crazy space and what underneath that is shame to, to say, Hey, I, I didn't do it. I failed. Like what, what was happening for you? Um, it was just, it was, they, my kids are so proud. Like very, very proud of the fact that I didn't drink anymore. It was just like, to, I couldn't imagine telling them, hey, mommy had a drink, them being so disappointed or them getting scared that mommy was going to start drinking every day again because I didn't want them to think that. 
or to get like, you know, uh, they're not very anxious or or, or getting excited about it. I don't know. I didn't know what, but I know I didn't want to let them down. That was my biggest, I didn't want to, I didn't want them to be ashamed of the fact also that mommy didn't like, so it was just, it was that, that was, it was very heavy on me. So that's why I was like, no, I can't tell them that I, I did that. And I had all these people on social media, like also knowing me as I stopped drinking and I have to tell all these people because people write to me all the time, tell me, and I, Annie, I stopped drinking because of you. You, you encouraged me, you inspired me. And I'm always like, as if I did that, like I was a mess a year and a half ago and I inspired people to stop drinking. Oh my God. So I have my kids, my family, my sister, my friends, everybody that I know that's, I'm always like, I don't drink anymore. And I was like, I never touched alcohol again. And I have all this platform that's looking at me thinking that I don't drink anymore. And I'm like, oh my God. So it was a lot of, a lot of pressure. And I was just, when I came back, I was just like awful and I was upset and I was like ashamed. So that's why I just, I didn't even tell my husband I was going to make this video. And I'm just like, I, I said it. And then I felt so much better, like a sense of relief. Like, you know what? I fucked up. Yeah. It's okay. You yeah. know, and we're not going to, like I said in the beginning, we're not going to focus on those 12 days because I went and I counted them how many days I had drank. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to focus on the 500 and something else days that I did not drink. So it's just normal to relapse because it's like my friend, she told me it's like a reset button. You know, you just, you reset and you, you, I went and I tried it out and I confirmed that I couldn't. So I don't go on with thinking maybe like I know, you know? Right. Because See, and that's bravery in and of itself to be able to say, you know, that's authenticity. It's not always about, you know, the result. It's about the journey. And for you to be able to hear people say, you inspired me to stop drinking. And then for you to have your time, the 12 days where you did relapse, well, then that's your reset, but it's also a accountability and it's truthful and it's showing people that, that it is about accountability. It is about truth. 100%. And it's not about whether you relapse again. I mean, I would not want that for you, for your health and wellness and your mental health. I wouldn't want that for you. But it isn't about that as much as it is about you saying in, in, in front of, you know, you said it and like what, 30,000 people saw it. You did that. That was the truth and accountability that drives you to vulnerability and honesty. That's like courage of of, of the many that is like, so amazing. Amazing. I just, I'm, I'm amazed by that. That is powerful. Annie. I didn't know I was doing that when I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No idea. (laughs) No idea about that. Yeah. (laughs) I just need to get something off my chest when I did that. (laughs) Yeah, but, but that's what it is. 
you know, people can walk around. How, what was the feeling like for those days? Oh, it was you horrible. Were, well, there was you go. Miserable. I was so miserable. And through that whole day, people were texting me, hey, it's your uh, year and a half. I was like, yeah, thank you. And then come like three o'clock, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I was on the highway. I went to the side and I'm like, I'm making this video. I'm done. Like, I just- <laughs> right, because you couldn't tolerate the incongruence. No, you, you know, this is where you were. And it was like this. And you said, I can't, I can't. You said something about, did you say that you weren't a bullshitter? You, is that what you said? No, uh, no, I said, I'm a lot of things, but full of shit. I am not. That's what it is. You're a lot of things, but full of shit. You are not. That is that in and of itself is commendable. And, you know, that is how people feel the impact of someone in their life where they go, whoa, no punches pulled there. You know, and you say, well, I'm not focusing necessarily on the, the place where I fell, where I relapsed, where I didn't do what I said I was going to do. That's like something that I'm going to have to unpack for the rest of my life. What I really want to focus on is the endurance run that I went through, the marathon, the mental the mental gymnastics it takes every day to be in your body, to do what you do, to face that groundhog day of one thing after another and to say, no, I'm not doing this. What was normal isn't normal for me today. Absolutely. How I was raised as a person to see that it was okay. And that's what, that's what, we were, that's how you were defined as a family, your mom, your sister, and you, and whoever else is in your family. That's your definition. We were social. We were this, we were that. And that's great. But now your narrative is I am honest. I'm accountable. I'm truthful. I'm proud. I'm not ashamed. And I'm a warrior. I went into the arena and I faced that normalcy. And I said, no, Okay, now I'm going to cry. Okay. <laughs> you are a warrior, Annie. Okay. And I thank you for that. Thank you for that. that was okay. And I think we sit in that sacredness. I, I'm feeling it too. And I, I just want you to feel the power, the sacredness of that. You cannot, no one can take it away from you. No, that I know. I know that I know. Like when I, when I go on, on my, when I look at my journey, I say, nobody can take away what I did or this journey because every day was me and myself against myself. And I, you know, so nobody can take that away. And I'm very, very proud of it. And I'm, I continue focusing on, on my sobriety. How do you, how do you go forward now? Like what's the, how do you move forward? Uh, a day at a time. <laughs> and what does a day look like for you? Um, a day, uh, it, I, what helps me a lot is I work out a lot. You follow me on, on my Instagram. You see that, uh, right now, since it was hard, like I said, like I had a conversation with my husband, how I, I was having a hard time 
more than usual with my sobriety. So I'm doing a, a fitness competition. So I'm like really, really grounded on my diet, on working out. It keeps me busy because right now I need that. Yes. So it's uh, my kids and my workouts and uh, staying focused on my competition. And that's probably a lot of people will say, maybe it's not the healthiest, healthiest of things to do to put all my energy like so much into something else. But that's what I need right now to stay focused and to stay sober. So that's what I'm doing because that's what, what works for me right now. So in my day, that's pretty much it, you know. I wake up, I work out, kick ass, send the kids to school, work, pick them up, dinner, no alcohol, family time, and we go to bed and start over. What do you, what do you drink instead? So if, if, do you fill your cup with something else? These are the two things in my life. It's coffee. And <laughs> you know, that is always on hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. So coffee is uh, what saves me and oh. bubbly water. Me too. Is what I do. So I'm good if yeah. I have to do things. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? It's like, uh, it's very interesting. I, I love Pellegrino and, um, and my coffee. My coffee is so sacred to me. I like my machine did a little dance this morning and I was like, I looked at my oldest daughter and I said, I, it's blinking and I, I don't know what to do. Like it's, it's blinking and I'm going to panic. I need my, I love it's a, it's a ritual to me. It's like, you know, wake up with your cup of coffee and, and. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Mm. I can't live without my coffee. But see, that's interesting to me too. You know, um, I really believe that when you're talking about focus, it, it takes that much focus to redirect the power of a pattern. Yeah, it's, it's hard because like you said, it's a pattern. So you have to, you have to redirect it. You said it correctly. So it's, 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 it's difficult to undo a pattern. Wow. So like I said, it's not maybe the healthiest way because some people are like, you're overdoing it. Like you're working out too much. You're like, but I'm like, yeah. you know what? It works for me and I'm a better mom and I'm a much better wife. I, it's been confirmed. <laughs> so you know what? If, if you Confirmation's in, you're a better wife. <laughs> yeah. By the way, he said amazing, but okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so. But what do you feel you about yourself? Like it's, it's all about other people, but I, I actually think from what I'm hearing from you that you're proud of you. You're oh, I am. Absolutely. I'm super proud of myself because I know how hard it is because I'm the one that's doing it. So to be where I am now, I know how all the mental battles that I went through and that I won, like not a lot of people, like even my husband had no idea how hard it was because it looked so easy breezy to him. So he was like, I can't even believe you're telling me that it's difficult. Like it's really hard, but I don't put that on you. But now that like we, I've opened up, like it takes a, it, like after that I relapsed, I'm like, it's hard. And I'm telling you, I need help. But he's like, but he's like, he told me I, I never had any clue that it was this hard because you made it look so easy. Mm. I'm like, no, it was not. I and was when, just, when, when someone says that to you and they say you made it look easy. So would you, would you have made it look easy by what? 
Like what explains that? Cause there's a lot of people that I know that make it look easy too. And, and it's like, you maybe have a, a higher threshold, but, but it's just that you walk in and go, no, nope, no drink today. And you make kind of a fun joke about it. And that looks easy. I guess so. Because I would just be like, everybody knew that I didn't drink anymore. And I'd be like, no. And then I drink something else and everybody, right. cause nobody, how would I want to say that? Like, I have a very strong personality and nobody would really, they, they would offer, but not, and I would turn it around as a joke. And if somebody would say something that didn't set right, like I always set everybody right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think to him, maybe that looked easier for me because I can put people back into their place or no problem with that because if you have no problem kind of insulting me when I say no <laughs> I have no problem going after you I'm coming for you run right, right. So, but in always a all pretty much always very respectfully but in a fun way maybe sometimes not so much fun but I I am very verbal about <laughs> what what do you want people to know about the sadness the sadness. Um, in which way would you say the sadness? The sadness of me feeling that I could never drink again. That makes me sad that I can't go out and drink or the, or yeah. the sad that I felt when I drank again or which one? <laughs> Both. <laughs> um, the sadness that, that it brought um, to me when I relapsed, it was, I, I was, I was ashamed and I was like, I failed. Like to me, I failed because I was such on a good stretch and that brought me sadness and I dealt with it and not yeah. fine. But the sadness to, to say that, you know, uh, I'll, I'll never drink again. Like I said, I don't think I'll, I'll ever be able to drink correctly, but there's always that doubt. Even today, it still stays like maybe in, I don't know, 10 years, maybe I'll, I'll be older. I'll drink more intelligently. I don't know, but I think it's sad because I did enjoy my red wine. Like, Oh my God. And right. I love wine. So yes, that makes me very, very sad <laughs> to, to know that, you know, when I go out to a restaurant or you're on vacation or you want to drink a good bottle of wine with your husband, cause it's fun. You have more conversation. It's more, you know, it's, it's fun. It tastes good. It's a, um, wine is, is an art you know, the, the vineyard or, you know, knowing where it's from and all the different processes. It's a, it's a really, um, it's a cool thing. Um, And you're, and it almost, would you say you were missing out on that cool thing? Um, when I think that I'm missing out, I always go back to, I won't be missing out on my kids, you know, because I always like, yeah, cool. Turn it around into another way yep yep but yes and it does make me sad that I think that I'll never drink red wine again oh my God. yeah but yeah but it will for now I know and, and and so when you say that this is what's really interesting because when you say that I can see why someone would say to you oh maybe you will because they don't want it. that person hearing you say that doesn't want to say to you, you're right. You're right. You, you will never be able to drink wine again. Yeah, for sure. But when they said that we weren't having this conversation, (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, but now we are. So they're not going to say that anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> oh, there's a difference. Hey, and that's a really important point too. When you say and move into honesty and vulnerability like this, that really sets the stage, doesn't it? Yep. And some respond to vulnerability and some don't as much. Some shy, they're like, they didn't even hear what you said. And you're like, just, that was huge. And nope. And some people will totally like embrace it. And a lot of people, it's like, you never said anything. And you're like, and they'll they'll come back the week after the next time you see them. And again, they'll come back with their same. You're like, I thought I was like clear on something here, but no, some people like, will just block it out. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and, and that's really, um, you know, that must be difficult to handle sometimes where you're just like, I don't want to keep having this conversation. Like, why do I need to keep saying this over and over and over again? How this is, but now that you're even here on, on the show and you're being honest about this depth, perhaps that might change for some people. You know, we know that it doesn't matter where you are to, if somebody says no, no is no, is no, is no. Yeah. Yeah, but and we that always means, no is no for, you know, it's like in everything. People say no and they're like, are you sure? People always. Yeah, I'm well, sure. I'm setting a boundary. Always, yeah. It's hard. It it's, is. it's hard for people to hear and it's hard for people to say. Absolutely. So then we need to do what we're doing right now, which is we're, we're naming it. We're talking about it. We're creating a path of honesty that is really clear. It's yeah. the best thing that you could do. I think it's the best thing. And like my, my four daughters, I always tell them like honesty is the best policy. And uh, my daughter, Shani, at my birthday, which was on this weekend, she wrote me a card and she's like, you are like the most honest person I know. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good thing and a bad thing. She's like, that's a good thing. And it really touched me because she wrote honest in capital letters. And I'm like, that's a good thing. And I just want them all to be as honest as possible because people can't get mad at you for being honest. Well, and you... And here's the interesting thing. I'm a really honest person as well. So, um, and, and I would say that it is an honesty can be both ways, right? Like it's tough, but I don't leave room for movement generally. When it's a boundary, it's a pretty hard boundary. Like, you know, I'm, I'll, if it's no, it's a no, that it's a no. Whereas I've been through so much in my life that I've had to face incredible fire for my own soul. That when I am being honest, it's because it's forged in the hottest flame that has created something that I have had to have intense heat and pressure in my life on. And it's that honesty that I have with myself, the honesty that I hold my own self to that is in sometimes for people, they're just like, they don't even know what to do with it. It's just, it's, and I don't even, and my partner Dave says to me, it's, 
like you're so well versed with your honesty that you just maybe think other people have the same level and, and they just don't. I know they don't. I know they don't. So, not a lot of people are honest. No. It's and a- you and I have uh, of stories of our life that have asked us to hold ourselves to the flame and burn the shit away. And it hurts. Okay. And you and I didn't get to choose very much in that because, you know, and people would say, well, no, you did choose. No, I actually we did. didn't. No, but we, cho- we could, no, because I always believe that we could have went the other way because you always have a choice, but we chose to be honest. The honesty of me putting myself in that flame created the path that I'm on right now. Oh, and absolutely. I, and I didn't. And another yeah. So I didn't choose. I was like, I chose. I went in and there is no choice when you're in the flame. You just do it. Yeah. 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 But you, you chose to get in the flame. Made the choice. Because a lot of people aren't in the flame. I can tell you. <laughs> I know. And that's the beauty of your story, Annie, is that you're saying to someone, I know the flame and I know the mental capacity that it takes to stay in this flame, even if it's for my life. I know the things that have changed for me, my social connection, my accountability structure, the truthfulness with myself, the truthfulness with people. You've exposed yourself to millions of people, the truthfulness uh, to those people who maybe don't want to hear it or see it or, or, or maybe they do. But the point is that that is the standard and that's what you have driven yourself to and you have had the courage to stay there. That's the story. That's what's going to help people say, okay, then I'll get in the flame too. If you can do it. Oh yeah. And you know how hard it is, Annie. And I, now I know how hard it is going to be, but I have you. There's always someone that goes ahead to show and to talk about the way. And that's what you've done today. You've gone ahead. You've made a path. And it is my hope that people follow and are able to learn from that into the flame we all go because you're a phoenix and that's been beautiful thank you i'm so happy this was so intense oh my god but um yeah no for sure if i can inspire just one person that's what i always say it will it's all worth it you know just change one life, encourage, inspire somebody to, to, to go into a, onto a better path. Okay. So as we wrap up, what do you want to say to people? Um, be honest, be honest about yourself, to yourself, for yourself. And always just try and, I don't know, be the best version of yourself. It's all about you. You know, it's you against the world. And never do anything for anybody else than yourself because it will never work. And I've proven that to myself. And um, yeah, it's pretty much it. It's cool. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate your journey. And I want to say thank you for learning to not betray yourself. And also don't be afraid if you fail. 
because I've been there and always, you know, focus on what you succeeded to do and not on the failure and continue, get back up and continue because failure, we're all human and it does happen and it's happened to me and don't be ashamed because it's part of the journey. And that's what I think why we're sitting here today. So it's to not be afraid. Everything is hard. And if you fail, just get back up. That's all I have to say. Mm. Yes. Well, um, thank you. It was a privilege. I, I, uh, I, what a privilege, what a great way to spend my time today, uh, with you that this has just been such an honor, um, because it's such a personal private thing and you've made it, um, something that people can really understand and you're so honest and open. Um, I wish I could see you in the flesh. Um, but, uh, that's not going to happen. And, (laughs) but thank you for, for being here today and giving us something to really think about. Thank you for having me. It was awesome.